0: Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for Joshua. We thank you for learning about um, him as a leader. And we just ask you bless us in this time, Lord. We ask that you would guide us and that you would teach us and you would speak to us clearly and fully, Lord. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I do have to make a little correction. That was actually next week's Bible reading. And so you got a preview of next week. So this week Joshua is not dead. This week we're talking about Joshua. So. <laughs> Uh, That would be bad if he was dead and then we talked about him as a leader and leading the people. Um, See, last week we talked about how the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness. And we talked about how God was with the people even in that wandering, especially in that wandering. And in that time of wandering, you know, Natalie was talking about how you get impatient and you get a little... Frustrated and they got frustrated, but they got so frustrated that they were constantly complaining against God, weren't they? They They're constantly saying, God, why is this? Why is this? They were saying, Remember, we talked last week about remembering the days of old, how the days of old always seemed better, but for them it was days of slavery, so they were really not thinking clearly. And because of all their complaining, God basically said, This generation is not going to go in the promised land, and so they wandered. For 40 years and for 40 years God prepared them to go into the promised land and then he told Moses that he was going to choose a new leader and that new leader was going to be Joshua and that we are told that Joshua was filled with the spirit of leadership. God anointed Joshua as a new leader for a new generation, a new leader for a new generation. Joshua along with Caleb were the only spies who really believed that God could get them into the promised land and would bless them when they got into the promised land just as God had promised. And so you can imagine as we come to this point of the story in history, this point of the story in the Bible, That Israel is coming into Canaan, the land, the promised land that God is giving them. They're coming into the land of Canaan with some fear and trepidation. And so God says to Joshua that you need to show strength. You need to show courage. And that strength and that courage is going to come from your faith. That you trust in me, that you believe that I am going to take care of the people and that all will go well when you go into the promised land. So chapter 7 of the story is about God fighting for his people and helping them to be prosperous and successful in the challenges around them. I was trying to think of uh, uh, times in my life when I had some fear and trepidation. When I was in high school, I wrestled one year. And wrestling technically, technically is a team sport, right? I mean, you're part of a team, and and your score goes as part of the team score and so there's an overall score but wrestling really isn't to me a team sport. And the reason why it's it's different, you know, I played baseball and even though you're you know the only one at bat facing the pitcher it feels different or when you're pitching, you know I pitched and when you pitch to a batter even it's kind of a one-on-one thing but it's still different. You still feel more part of a team. You're surrounded by your teammates, right? And wrestling, you walk out onto this mat you notice you have these, these small little um, outfits, right? So that's not very, very nice either. They're really tight. They're really small. You're really, you know, I mean, think about a high school student wearing that outfit, right? How, how self-conscious you are just wearing the uniform that you have to wear. And you walk out and you, like, stare at this other person. And immediately in your mind you're like, uh-oh, am I going to be better than this person or not? And the fear and the trepidation comes upon you And you're staring at your opponent, and then the referee blows the whistle, and you're just supposed to start wrestling, right? You're just supposed to attack each other, right? A lot of fear. It took a lot of strength and courage for me every time to go out and to wrestle. So I could just imagine for the Israelites, as they were getting ready to go into the promised land, there was a little barrier. Actually, it was a big barrier in front of them, and it was called the River Jordan. Now, if you don't know anything about the River Jordan, it is a pretty wide river, and it's a fast-moving river. But God said, I'm going to stop the river for you so that you can cross. But there's a little bit of uh, faith that you have to express. So in front of the whole uh, God's people were the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. So they're carrying this big, huge Ark of the Covenant. And God says, what you have to do is, when you step in the water, then I'll stop the water. So think about this. what The faith that it would take when you, there's fast-moving river, you're carrying this Ark of the Covenant, right? When you step in the water, then I'll stop the water. Now remember, this is a new generation. They had heard the stories about the plagues. They had heard the stories about the, the parting of the Red Sea and crossing safely. But it's one thing to hear stories. And then when God says, now it's going to be your story. And you have to show faithfulness and trust me. They had to step into the water. And then God would stop the water. And then they would travel across safely. How often do we get called to do something? Maybe we're We're called to be in a leadership position. Maybe we're called to teach a Bible study. Maybe we're called to share your testimony with someone. And you get this call from God, and God says, take the step of faith, say yes to being an elder or a deacon, say yes to being a ministry leader, saying yes to to do a Bible study. When you're having a conversation with someone, say yes to telling your story. Yes, I'll tell my story. Say yes, take that step of faith, and when you do, I will work in and through you. That's not easy. That's not easy when you have to take that first step of faith before you really feel like God is empowering you to do that. So God is asking them to go into the land of Canaan, the land that they will inherit, the land that God has promised. So if you see the underlined parts, please... Uh, Read the underline with me. So Joshua 1.6 says, Be strong and courageous. God is talking to Joshua here. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors Give them. So first of all, God says, Joshua, you need to be strong and courageous because when you are, that will give strength and courage to the people around you. You'll be a good example. You'll increase their strength and courage. And then they will walk into this land faithfully and they will receive this land that I have Promised to you, but there was another reason why they were to go into the land and that was so that they could be prosperous and successful that they could become the nation that God wanted them to be that they could establish themselves as God's people and listen to God and believe God and follow God and they would be a witness to those around them of who God really is they were to be strong in the Lord To live for him and to be faithful for him. How often are we called to be strong and courageous, to live faithfully, to be that witness to our neighborhood, our community, our family, our workplace, our school. How often are we called to walk in that faithfulness? But it takes strength and courage and faith to do it. Joshua 1, 7 to 8 goes on. Be strong and very courageous. He says again, God says to Joshua, Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. I know in my own life, when I stay in tune with the Word of God, when I stay in tune with God through His words, when I follow His commands, I feel stronger. I feel more focused. His Word connects me to Him all the more. And I feel the presence and the power of God in me and working through me. He walks faithfully with me when I walk faithfully with him. And he makes me stronger and more courageous all the more. He pours his blessings into my life. When I walk according to his word, I put myself in a place where God can act in and through my life. And I put myself in a place where I can bear fruit for the Lord. See, this is the result that God tells Joshua at the end of Joshua 1, 8, when he says, then you will be prosperous and successful. When you meditate on my word, when you know my word, when it's right there on your lips, when it's right there in your mind, when it's always there, present in your life, then you will be prosperous and successful. How well do you know the word of God? How well do you keep the word of God in your your mind, on your lips? The more we know the Word of God, the more we meditate on it, the more we will live into it, and the more we will experience the prosperity and success that the Lord has for us. For Joshua, he was called to lead the people into the Promised Land. It was to give them the reminder that God would accomplish all that God had for them, it was to give them freedom from fear and anxiety as they trusted in the Lord, as they trusted in His Word, as they trusted in His promise, then that relieved that anxiety in their lives. How often do we feel anxiety because we've forgotten to trust in the Lord, to walk strong and courageously in the Lord? See, if they did this, they would be prosperous and successful, just as God had promised They would have a great land, they would be a great people, they would be protected from their enemies, and they would be fruitful in all that they did. I've talked about call before, somehow we lost our, oh there it is. A call from the Lord is basically a word from the Lord, right? The, the Lord gives you this word. He gives you this call. He gives you this understanding of what he wants you to do in your life. We have to listen, and then we get this word from the Lord. We get this call from the Lord. Now, there's a general call that all of us receive, and that is to, to be faithful followers of Christ, to, to share our story, to share the gospel, to share the story of Jesus Christ with others. To live faithfully for God, to be His faithful followers. That is the, our general call. All of us receive that call and need to live that out. But there is a more specific call, maybe a call of vocation and ministry. You know, in vocation, a number of you I see out here, you know, in college, and, and you're going, and Natalie's dealing with all these college students, and they're like, what am I going to do with my life, right? What's going to be the next step? What, what's going to be my vocation? And how am I going to do in that vocation? See, when God gives us a vocation, He wants us to be His witnesses in that vocation. He wants us to live fully in the Lord in that vocation. It's part of who God has created us to be. But then God also gives us a ministry call. He gives us a ministry call. Again, going back to maybe it's teaching a Bible study, maybe it's leading, maybe it's You know, being part of of delivering the first fruits. Maybe it's to go on a mission trip. Maybe it's all these different activities that we could be a part of. God gives us a ministry call, a call to be involved in his work in the kingdom. And we need to listen to that word from the Lord. As Joshua heard the Lord to be the leader of his people and to lead them in the promised land. So God calls us to do something and to make a difference with our life by fulfilling that call that he gives us. Well, as they went into the promised land, uh, it's kind of small, I don't know if you can see it, but kind of on the on the right-hand side, you see this uh, this body of water, that's the, the Red Sea at the bottom, and then um, I think, no, it's Salt Sea, right? The Salt Sea in the bottom, and then you have the River Jordan right there, okay? So from the right, they're going to the left, they're crossing the Jordan River into the, promised land okay and you see there's a lot of nations right in that promised land and one of the things that they're going to have to experience is they're going to have to battle these nations that was one of the things they were a little fearful of that they were going to battle but God said I will be with you in this time for you to be successful trust in me and I will be with you See, it was the nature of nations back then to overcome the nations around them, right? They had to show that they were more powerful than the other nations, that they were superior to the other nations. God warned them that they would face battles, but that he would be with them in the battle. It's kind of a, a, a funny thing, but you had to fight battles in the beginning so that you wouldn't have to fight battles later. Why? Because if you showed yourself to be a strong force a strong nation then the other nations would be fearful of you and they wouldn't attack you right so as they were new into this area coming in this area they were going to have to fight some battles now the first battle was in jericho and if you can see it's really small just as you cross the river jordan it's the first little dot the first little word there that's jericho they were going to have to fight the battle of jericho now, God had been preparing them this for 40 years. You can only imagine how pumped up they were. Okay, we've been training, we've been training, we've been training, we've been training, we've been training and now it's time to fight. There's probably nervousness, anxiety, but, but some you know, energy, and, and they wanted to fight, right? But they weren't ready for the instructions that Joshua was going to give them, because Joshua wasn't ready for the instructions that God was going to give him. Joshua was ready to take his army and just go, right? Just go attack. We're going to fight, Right? But if you read the chapter 7 in the story, if you know the story of Joshua in the battle of Jericho, you know that God had a different plan for how they were going to do it. God told them that they were going to march around this secure city, these gates of Jericho, and they were to march one time around it for six days. So imagine you're an army, you're preparing for battle, but the, the instruction God gives you is, all you're going to do is just march around one time and then you go back to camp. Right? That doesn't make sense, Joshua. Why are we doing this? We're not fighting. Trust the Lord, trust the Lord, trust the Lord, right? So they marched around one time each for six days. And on the seventh day, they were to march around this, this um, city seven times. And then they were to blow their trumpets. The priests would blow their trumpets. And after that, they were to shout real loud. Again, Most armies, I don't think, practice battle in this way. Right? But that's what they were told to do. And so, read the yellow part with me. Joshua 6.20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. See, they had this big wall in between them and the army they were supposed to face. And if you know anything about a fortress, you're at a very great disadvantage if you try to attack a city that has a big fortified wall. And so what God was doing was going to make it so that the wall was going to collapse and then they would have the opportunity to fight the battle. It's important to note that God said these words even before this. This is really great. Chapter two. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Read with me, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. So before they ever went to to fight Jericho, God said, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. It's a done deal. I already know the result, I already know the outcome. Trust in me, do what I say, and the outcome will be that I will deliver Jericho. Into your hands. The first thing we must understand is that God's plans will come to pass. However, when we are involved, we must be faithful to do what he calls us to do, or it will not come to pass through us. Do you get that? It will come to pass, but it won't come to pass through us. If we want to be part of God's plans, then we need to walk as God calls us to walk and go where God calls us to go and do what God calls us to do and then we will get to be part of the plan. We will get to see the great works of God happen in and through our lives. One of the great things about having our missionaries come and talk to us is that that we support them and we pray for them and and they're faithfully in the battle, right? Right? And then they get to tell us their stories of victory and success because they chose to walk in the plan that God had given them, knowing that they are bathed in prayer and that they have God's promise to say, I will do this in and through you. We, I believe, have been called to be a church to disciple others. I believe God has given me a message that says God wants us to be discipling one another. God wants us to be sharing our story and bringing people to Christ. But are we ready to do anything if people come to Christ? What do you do next? You have to disciple them. But what if you're not ready to disciple others? Then you're really at a disadvantage, right? We need to be a people who are being discipled, who are learning how to disciple, and who are discipling others. And then we will be prosperous and successful. Isaiah 55, 8-9, God says to Isaiah, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. One of the most challenging times of being a parent, those of you who are parents, you'll probably agree with me, is when your child is about three years old, right? Because what happens when your child is about three years old? Now, it's not exactly three, but about that time, they start to ask, they say one word, right? What is that word? Why? Well, no is a word they say, too, right? They learn, because you've heard it for three years, right? So they learn the word no real well. But I heard someone else say, why? Why? They're always like, why? 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 They're curious. They want to know everything, right? We just were talking about Tiffany the other day. We were going through the book, and she, 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 Tiffany is our like, our quotable person, right? She had these amazing quotes as she was a little kid. And, and one of the things that she said is, Mommy, why do people talk? <laughs> and the reason why we realized what this was about is that like, after an event, you know, you stand there and you talk with someone, right? And the little kid's just like, waiting there like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And so afterwards, she's like, why do people talk, you know? Why? But the problem with the word why with a three-year-old is once, they, once you answer that question, what do they say next? Why? <laughs> it's like an endless conversation of why, right? You're like, oh, really? Why again? Why again? And this is what we do as a people of God, don't we? We always want to know why. We always want to have the answer. God, I will act once you give me the answer. And God says, no, you got it backwards. You'll get the answer once you act. Why? Because my plans are higher than your plans. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I know I'm going to deliver this for you. I know the, the prosperity and the success I'm going to give you. Why? Because I told you to do it. Because it's going to be best for you and for my kingdom. Walk in faithfulness. And I will act on your behalf. So we see that ongoing story here in Joshua. And for that matter, in the Bible, we see that God is a people who walks with his people. And when he walks with his people, his people are victorious in living out the will and the call that God has for them. This is what the story is about. God is with us in the battle. I mean, life is about a lot of little battles and some big battles, right? God is with us in the battle. That is why you see throughout the book of Joshua the words that are consistently said are be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And where does that strength and courage come? Not from yourself. It comes from faith in God. Knowing that God is with you, knowing that God is walking with you, knowing that God is fighting the battle for you. It is only in those times when people God's people turn away from him and forsake him that he stops fighting for them. Let me say that again. It is only in those times when God's people turn away from him and forsake him that God stops fighting the battle for him. But he doesn't stop fighting completely. He fights for to get his people back. When you read the scriptures you'll see that when they turn away he stops fighting for them but he continues to fight to bring them back to him so that they can be in a right relationship with him again Joshua 11:6 read the underlined part The Lord said to Joshua Do not be afraid of them because by this time tomorrow I will hand all of them slain over to Israel See this is the next battle. If you remember on that that chart that I had for you, you saw Jericho right across the Jordan River, and then if you kept going straight, the next city was Ai, A-I. That was the next city, and that was the next battle they had to face. And God says this to them again. Remember, before the battle even happens, by this time tomorrow, I will hand them over to you. Do you trust me? Will you walk with me? Will you let me walk with you? I'm going to fight the battle for you. I will hand them over to you. When we trust in the Lord, the battles we face are won even before we face that battle. When you find out bad news, when you have something go wrong, when you have calamity occur, trust in the Lord. He will fight the battle for you. There's nothing that can give you more peace than knowing that God is fighting your battle. The God of the universe, the God of all creation, the God of all power, the almighty God is fighting for you and for me. Joshua 11.23, read the yellow part. So Joshua took the entire land just as the Lord had directed Moses and he gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal divisions Then the land had rest from war. You see a couple things going on there. First, I read the verse for you about how God told Joshua that, the bat, that he was going to hand him over. But who did he promise it to? He promised it to Moses way before Joshua. This was a promise given long before they ever fought that battle. And then remember I said sometimes you have to fight battles to kind of sup- prove your superiority. And then what happened? Then land had rest from war. See, they kind of proved themselves in their new hand, and they were able to rest and have some peace. Our success and enjoyments are all the better when we know that God is at work in and through our lives. When we trust in the Lord, when we follow the direction of the Lord, when we experience the presence and the power of God, we have such great joy, and we can be so thankful to know that the Lord is with us. However, the challenge comes when people question God. Sometimes people question God, right? 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 Something happens, and instead of trusting in God and letting God fight the battle, they start getting angry at God, and they start blaming God. Right, And then in that time, they're like, God, why are you doing this to me? You're not taking my problem away. You're not, you're not making it all right. You're not making it all better. And God says, wait, trust in me. But they don't. They just let their pride and their anger get the best of them, and they argue with God. And when they do that, they cut God out of the equation. But when you realize, wait a minute, I'm not in that right place with God, and you humble yourself before the Lord, then you receive again the presence and the power and the work of the Lord in and through your lives. So the question I have for you as we leave today, will you be strong and courageous in the Lord by walking faithfully according to how God is directing you? So that means that you're seeking God for direction, and then once you get that direction you are walking faithfully in that direction, trusting that the Lord will work in and through your life. See, this time is about God forming a new nation. They're really at that point now where they were being formed as a nation. And God needed them to trust Him. They needed them to, to rely on Him and to have faith in Him and to be strong and courageous in all that they were going to experience. See, each battle they had represented risk, loss, hardship, and struggle. But as they walked with the Lord, they saw God faithfully work in and through their lives, and they experienced prosperity and success. It's not easy, but it happened just as God said it would. God knows what these battles are that we're going to face even before they happen. God knows the victory he will bring in our lives. Trust in him. Whatever battle you're going through right now, trust in him. Let him fight the battle for you. Receive the victory. Receive the prosperity. Receive the success that will come from walking with the Lord. Being strong and courageous in the Lord. So that's the words I leave with you with. Be strong and courageous in the Lord. And be thankful. As we come to the time of Thanksgiving, be thankful for how God is always present in your life, fighting your battles for you. Let us pray.